When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition, and mental health. Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health. We'll bring our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind. Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to be together again. Woo! <laughs> we've been it's it's summer so it's hard because we vacations happen things happen and um i've missed you taylor though the last couple episodes have been solo um with one or the other or with guests but not each other and i have missed you how you doing you too. doing better doing better so taylor was a little sick the last two weeks yeah. and i know how much that causes some anxiety for all of us we talk about health anxiety a lot how are you feeling feeling better now sick on vacation which out of state is like worst nightmare but you know what we had no anxiety we had no panic and i think that's a that's a win yeah um I'm really proud of you. You were telling me before that we started that it, the symptoms started like on the way to the airport, like on yeah. the way home though, right? Yeah. So thank God it at least wasn't on the way to the vacation because- Right. Oh my gosh. Even being sick on vacation is even worse, I think. I don't know. You, you feel so much pressure to want to like go and do all of these things. And like I already have anxiety when I travel. And then if I'm sick on top of it, forget it. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you flew cross uh, cross country. I did. I went to California. Have I not talked about this yet? Oh my no, gosh! How long? I don't been? think so. Um, yes, I did it. I went on the plane. I had all of my tools on. And if any of you were following my stories, I was taking you along on the entire journey, going to San Francisco and Tahoe, and especially on the plane, I had my, um, you know touch point wrist bracelets that, you know, help with like nausea and like motion stuff. I had my noise canceling headphones. I had my peppermint with me. I had my eye um, patch thing, you know, that I wear to sleep. Um, I had my, oh my gosh, there were just so many things. I had my meds with me in case I needed, oh, I took Xanax, of course. I had my Xanax. Um, sorry, not like of course, but that actually is really what helped me. Very low dose of Xanax there. And I took one on the flight back too. Um, and honestly, everything went, went pretty good. Um, I was not too nervous as soon as I got like up in the air, I was okay. And there wasn't that much turbulence. I think that's what really makes me so much 
more anxious is like a lot of turbulence. Um, and then like going there and like the weather was good. And I just took everything one minute at a time. I'm not even kidding. I literally stopped my brain from just like trying to think of the worst cases of things that could happen. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I, I reframed a lot of things for myself, but I also just kind of like stopped myself in the tracks when I started thinking really, really a lot of negative thoughts. And I was just like, okay, really, where are you right now? You're at the hotel. You're totally fine. You, this is what we're doing next. Um, we didn't have a lot of like set, set plans, you know, as far as, okay, we need to go tour this and tour that. That doesn't, you know, there was one thing that my cousins did that I decided to opt out on. And I'm kind of upset, but I really wasn't feeling it the day, which is whitewater rafting. Have you ever been whitewater rafting? Oh, that sounds a bit crazy. Have you ever been? No. Oh, okay. I wonder if you would have, do you think, do you know what it is? Yeah. Uh, my husband's gone with his family before. It, it's, it's, it can be dangerous, right? Well, I mean, you're going on rapids, like you're in a raft and you're just going down, you know, a river and there can be rapids and stuff. I went when I was little and I loved it and I probably should have gone, but I don't know. I kind of was just not feeling. Is it an excursion or they did it on their own? No, they had a tour guide and stuff. Oh, basically you're on a river and you go on rapids and they're not like really bad. I mean, the kids went on it. My niece and nephew and everything. They Oh, okay. So it's not like too bad, but... I think I was just um, part of me didn't want to go with like a huge group. I was like, if it was maybe like two of you or something, I would go. I don't know why. I just didn't want to go with like a huge group of people. And I hadn't gone in about 20 years. So that is one thing that I did not do, you guys. Sorry. Um, But anyway, it was really it was really fine. I didn't have any panic attacks. Um, Oh, actually, except when I got home, it wasn't really panic there was a little bit mixed with it It was more anger we were on the tarmac after we landed for an hour and then after we got out of the um we got to our baggage claim we were in baggage claim for five hours before they got our bags oh wow so literally people screaming like all these people so it was was bad weather so everything was rerouted all the planes were rerouted and everyone was it was just really crowded I don't even want to get into it, but let me just tell you, five hours, I was like talking to the manager and then people were screaming (laughs) and I was like, where's my bag? And I was like, should we just come back tomorrow and get it? And I was having, I was so anxious because I was like, I don't want to leave my bag here. What if it gets stolen? I have a lot of, the one thing is though, that I think I might've said before when we were talking about this, when I was getting ready to leave, always pack your medication in your carry-on. Always. Always, always, always pack your medications on your carry-on. There were so many people that were so, oh, um, no. oh my God, they were so upset and they were so scared because like their mom had medi- diabetes medication or something Oof. in their luggage. Well, another thing is like, I don't feel like you should put your medication in your luggage because you know how hot it gets down there? I mean, no, for sure. I mean, you've no idea. That should be you like, know? yeah, that should be like told, like from a doctor or a pharmacist. Like, hey, it's just like, don't leave it in your car. That's 100%. so sad. Hundred percent. And do you know I had to Google it because I was like, should I put medication? I was like, can I bring medic? I Googled, can I bring medication on my carry on because I didn't know if it was uh-huh. allowed. And I think right. that's why a lot of people pack it because they don't know that it is allowed. And what it said when I Googled oh. it was, you should bring it on your on your check yeah. in the check in. Yeah. You bag it. So anyway, um, wow. yeah, 
I made it. And I'm actually like so excited to travel so many different places now. I'm like, okay, I can. I went on a plane, guys, <laughs> and it was six hours and I did it and it wasn't too bad. I think the trick though is to also get an airline that maybe isn't known to, I mean, obviously you're going to have to be spending a little bit more money this way, which stinks, but there's certain airlines that are just really cheap and they just really don't care about like customer service or anything. So, (laughs) so I took, you know, a more expensive flight just because I knew it was also my first one in so long and I just really needed it to be whatever. So anyway, thank you for asking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 kind of the same now. Like I feel very So the thing about fear of flying is I feel like you just have to kind of put yourself into it. Like you kind of just got to go 2 feet in. There's no other way to really get through it. And then once you get on the plane and you're up in the air, you're like, "Wow, this like actually isn't that bad." And then once you do it a couple times, that fear gets so much smaller. But Regarding all this, so we both left the state. We're in a new public area. And the thing that you thought about today with a client is yeah. panic attacks in public. Yes, because I, I and I thought about this after today's session I had with with one client because she um we kind of got oh sorry, my microphone almost dropped. <laughs> um we kind of got to this revelation with her that a lot of her anxiety is around and panic attacks is around feeling very embarrassed that she will have them when she's in public um and that she'll have to that other people will be looking at her thinking she's crazy or it's you know quote unquote all in her head and like what's wrong with her um yeah and so and i've been there too and so i thought okay and that actually was a big thing for going away too i was nervous that i would have a panic attack or I would have really bad anxiety attack in front of my cousins who I haven't seen in like a long time and that they Mm -hmm. would be like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Is that part of, do you, have you ever struggled with that? Oh yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that's one of the biggest things that leads to agoraphobia for a lot of people. If you struggle with panic disorder and you feel like every time you go anywhere, it just causes more anxiety because you're so scared of causing a scene. Like my biggest thing was uh, my panic attacks would cause me to feel like I was about to pass out. And so I've passed out before and I've, so mine's from like trauma, right? So I've passed out before people were surrounding me when I woke up an ambulance was there to, and, and I remember that moment and I never want to cause that scene again. So when I have these, like panic attack feelings and then that feeling comes on of I'm about to pass out, I fear cause like I can almost like visualize causing that scene in that situation. Oh my gosh. Which is super valid for a lot of people. Wow. You know? like, yes. And I don't want to and it, I think it like also boils down to fear of attention, fear of being center of attention, fear of causing problems. Like when I really dig into mine personally, I don't like causing scenes. I don't like I don't like being the center of attention. And so I think it's like this whole thing. Like I remember waking up and like the whole yoga studio is around me and they're like, is she okay? Oh my God. You know, it's like, I don't want to cause that again. So that was kind of a big thing for me when I started having the panic attacks. Yeah. Is going in public in that same situation happening again because panic attacks would give me the, oh my gosh, I'm about to pass out feeling. Yes. And do you think that the emotion that was happening, like when you think about that, do you feel 
embarrassed is that the emotion that comes up for you embarrassment now that we are in the thick of summer you might be looking for wholesome convenient meals to support your sunny active days factor america's number one ready to eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door you'll save time eat well and stay on track reaching your goals. Personally, I have been ready to feel my best while also maintaining a very busy work schedule. It can be really hard to not forget to eat or end up just grabbing whatever when I'm working the hours that I do. Factor makes it easy for me to stay on track with my goals of maintaining an anti-inflammatory diet for my autoimmune disease. Factor meals take out the stress and time of figuring out a nutritious and well-balanced meal. All you have to do is take out your fresh Factor meal out of the fridge, two minutes to heat, and boom, your meal is ready. Maybe you're listening to this and you're worried about taste or variety. Rest assured, Factor offers a wide variety of meals and rotating menu of delicious options. You will never get bored. Head to Factor Meals dot com slash anxiety chicks 50 and use code anxiety chicks 50 to get 50% off. That's code anxiety chicks 50 at factor com slash anxiety chicks 50 to get 50% off. Did you know women are uniquely affected by higher levels of stress than men? Prenatal stress especially has significant effects on a woman's pregnancy, fetal health, maternal health, and childhood development. Women in today's society are more stressed than ever, and stress has a significant impact on a woman's ability to conceive. Once a woman does conceive a baby, it's important a woman's stress continues to be regulated because stress can also dramatically impact breast milk supply, as well as its nutritional composition and immunological properties once the baby is born. We were so lucky to have on a true expert in both women's health and in natural formulations in episode 124 to talk about all of this. Stacy talked about women who are pregnant, trying to conceive, or nursing. There are indeed natural herbs and supplements that are not just safe, but provide real relief and solutions for stress reduction and peace, emotional balance, and that support a calm, healthy digestive system not to mention formulations that actually work. The product that she noted that was specifically formulated for these moms, and I love this name, is Peaceful Mama. Stacy is a master herbalist who has formulated a number of award-winning supplements, and she believes this one is her best yet. Don't forget, you can go to redremedies.com. That's red with two Ds, so R-E-D-D remedies.com and use our code anxietychicks to get 20% off. You can't find that discount anywhere else, by the way. Stacy has also helped me know that there is a natural formula that can truly balance out the big variations in mood, fatigue, and just overall discomfort associated with PMS. This super ingredient, chasberry, I mean, it is incredible how it can help bring hormonal balance to women. What does that mean? Confidence, a more predictable and affective lifestyle, less discomfort and tiredness each month. 
Yeah, I would say that's embarrassment. Like everybody having to surround you and staring at you and, you know, what's wrong with her? Like, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, so, and this is kind of what I was getting to with my, with my client today too, is what is it about that situation that has stuck with you? And what is it about that, that makes you feel so embarrassed? Because this has stuck with this person for, you know, years and years and underneath the feeling of embarrassment embarrassment there's a thought that i'm unworthy or i'm crazy or i'm stupid or i'm dumb and anytime she feels embarrassed now just these automatic thoughts come up where she feels dumb or stupid and so it's connected to that and we're trying to kind of unlearn that together and help her you know cognitively change a lot of that way of thinking but um does that is that what comes up for you at all too yeah i would say that's exactly what would come up is like if you like you want to i'm such a i want to be strong kind of person i've been like that my whole life and so when i was going through that i felt so weak and then having that happen in public where like a bunch of people when you when you struggle with anxiety like that you feel like everybody can see it so you feel like this it's an irrational thought, right? That the whole store is going to be like, look at her. Oh my gosh, she's having a panic attack. That's right. what you think is going to happen. Right. In reality, if something were to happen, like say you were to have a panic attack in a store, maybe two to three people would see something. Maybe. At best. Yeah. But you just have these irrational thoughts that everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, look at this crazy girl. Yeah. And then that makes you feel a certain way about you, yeah. right? And then you don't obviously don't want to have it happen. I mean, of course, we don't want to experience a panic attack for a lot of reasons because right. it does feel very scary. And the symptoms that we have physically are very real, right? The body responds to us believing we're in danger, even if we aren't, right? That's the basis of a panic attack. And so we have these physical symptoms that feel very scary. Um, but the other layer of feeling embarrassed is just so much. I've been hearing that just so much from people and and not just panic attacks, you know, in public where you can physically see it, but also having anxiety attacks that maybe aren't as physical, but you might be detaching from yourself or you might shut down and you might withdraw um, you know, that goes along with depression sometimes too, right? You know, you just don't want to, we really isolate yourself. And so you can tell people know something's wrong. And maybe they even say like, what's wrong? What's going on? What are you doing? And it's just hard for you to explain. That's a huge thing too. It's hard for you to really express yourself when these things are going on and to say, this is what's happening. You know, like mm -hmm. I do have anxiety, but you know, this is actually what's happening to me with my anxiety because mm -hmm. it looks different for everybody. So I think it's just so um, empowering. I, I told her today, I said, this is so incredible that you're, you're recognizing that this message of feeling like you're dumb or you're crazy or has been gone all the way back to when you were a little girl and has followed you. So now every time you've been thinking about your anxiety and all these panic attacks, you don't want to tell anyone around you that you're having it. You want to try and figure it out on your own. You, you know, it gets even worse because you don't want to have to like have a panic attack somewhere where other people are. So you're trying to control it. And there's a lot of times when we feel so out of control. 
and that's exacerbating everything, you know? Absolutely. And I, I think that, I think the hardest part is like thinking back to your childhood. I think that's where the embarrassment is for a lot of people. It's something in their brain um, that that anxiety and panic attacks are a personal failure. Hmm. Right. And so that you yeah. are failing by having a panic attack. You are unworthy for having a panic attack. And it, it hits those childhood beliefs that you've had. It, it doesn't hit, the, it validates them. It's like, oh, this is real. Like, I really do suck. I knew I always sucked, but now this really shows I really do suck. Yeah. I am a personal embarrassment to the world. I don't deserve to be here. I should just go home. Like, I feel like those are the thoughts. It's like, why go in public and ruin everybody's time? I should just stay home. And then that's where it develops, at least for me, into the agoraphobia. It's like, I just didn't even want to go anywhere anymore. Oh my gosh. Right. Right. The agoraphobia, I mean, is, is real because people don't, I mean, there's a couple different layers to that, but um, yeah, you just, you don't want to have to, first of all, want to deal with it anymore. No. And you don't want to have to. And also if, if there are a lot of physical symptoms, signs and symptoms that you have, whether you're anxious or depressed, you don't want to have to deal with people asking you about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And saying like, and having to tell them because are you okay? Oh my gosh, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's embarrassing too, right? Just yeah. having to explain your story, which is why we're trying to end the stigma of all of this. This is our whole entire mission for this podcast and our page, our Instagram pages, and social media is to help people recognize that mental health is real and just as important as physical health. Because guess what? What if you were like walking down the street and, you know, I don't know, someone ran over your foot with a car or something, right? Like mm -hmm. you're in severe physical pain. I mean, for me, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, help me. You know, that's just so real to me. You know, someone, you know, broke my toe and oh, I need to go. I wouldn't care. I'd get everybody for help. I'd scream for help. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> that's something physical. It's real. You know, I broke my toe. I mean, but mental health is just as important and there's been a stigma. And actually, that's interesting bringing that up. That's actually something my my uh, client said earlier today, too, is like there was a lot of messaging when now she's closer to my age. So um, this was and this might have been the case you growing up, too. But there was just a lot of messaging when I was a lot younger, even from like mental health professionals and medical professionals that like anxiety. I mean, yes, mental health, there were diagnoses, but it wasn't as talked about. And a lot of people were so dismissed back in, you know, when I was in the 80s and stuff by by even teachers or school counselors or different um, medical doctors, anyone in the in the profession that would understand today more about anxiety. Um, a lot of kids were dismissed when they had certain symptoms that we would consider anxious symptoms now, you know, mm -hmm. um, or panic attacks. There, there was so much dismissiveness from a lot of healthcare professionals being like, oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, you'll feel better soon. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be okay. It's fine. Like very dismissive. And I think a lot of us now got that messaging that like, oh my gosh, I'm too much if I talk about this or if I feel like this or oh my gosh, having, yeah, like what's wrong with me? Like I'm not good enough if I, if I struggle with my mental health. Mm hmm. 
I agree. I think that we, I think that we feel that way. So when we go into these public situations, it's those thoughts running through our mind. And so I don't know if your client felt just almost safer, just staying home because I would feel fine at home. Here's what it used to be for me. I remember this exact moment going to freaking PetSmart, like PetSmart supposed to be a really fun place, right? It's for your dog. You're getting your dog something fun. And at home, I was perfectly fine. I go to PetSmart. All of a sudden, I start overthinking everything. I feel like everybody's looking at me. I feel like everybody can see my anxiety. It's a matter of moments before I cause a scene. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. Thoughts like that. And it's just like, this is exhausting. I'm going home. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's so crazy that you just said that. (laughs) So crazy. I don't even like to use that word. Interesting that you say that. Um, Because yes, there is a lot of clients that I I see about... um, that have this kind of internal struggle with feeling embarrassed and panic attacks in public, they actually also struggle with um, anxiety in the, in driving and driving anxiety. And also not necessarily agoraphobia where they can't leave their house. They struggle, they do it, but the further and further they get from their house, they Mm -hmm. get even more panicked. So if they're dry, they already struggle with driving and feeling anxious a little bit in the car, but it's like the further and further they get away from their house. It's very, very scary to them. So that makes, so that makes total sense. Yeah. Did you ever struggle with this? I have. So here's the thing. I did not, you had, you were, had, had panic disorder, right? And mm-hmm. that is really intense. I feel fortunate. I haven't really had a panic disorder. I've had multiple panic attacks in my life. Totally. Um, and so I will say yes, not recently though, because I used to, I used to. And I think that's what led to like a couple of my really, really big panic attacks was because I used to hide it and I used to feel very embarrassed. Um, and as I started working on myself, and like going to therapy and creating my own healing toolkit and started my page started. I mean, yes, I am a therapist and I specialize in anxiety disorders. So I've learned a lot about it. Um, I've, I've really been involved in different communities that understand it a lot better. Mm-hmm. And so now I, now part of my toolkit is my support system. So it's not like I depend on them all the time. They're not, right? It's not like a dependency thing like, oh, I need my mom if I'm having a panic attack because that's not healthy either, mm-hmm. right? But I have a support system and I actually have really practiced talking openly about my feelings even when I'm not in a panic attack and talking about my anxiety. And that's really what helps me feel less embarrassed. I still do every now and then, but people, but it's part of me, right? It's not my identity, but I struggle with anxiety and I'm not afraid to say it. And I think that sometimes is what the, what contributes to more of the embarrassment too, is that maybe some, some of you guys don't have safe people to talk to about it. That lets you know that it's okay to struggle with anxiety. It's okay to have mental health issues, that it's real and it's valid, right? Maybe you are around people that say all of these negative things to you about it and, and, you know, totally, you know, are invalidating with things. Definitely. I think, I think I didn't think it was okay to have it back then. Like if I would have had panic disorder now, granted with like all my education on it now, back then I didn't even know what was going on with me. 
So it's just like, and then everybody would be like, can you stop? You know? And it's just like, that's a lot. So I'm curious with your client, you guys were discussing this today. Mm -hmm. What, what did what did you, what information did you give her to help her in those moments? So this was a very breakthrough um, session. And this is, um, you know, it's been, we've been, you know, processing things together for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And I think that what was so empowering about this is that she was able to come up with this on her own. Right. Um, We had totally worked on a lot of these core beliefs and and emotions and feeling expression together for a long time. But she came up and she was able to put together that there was a lot of messaging that happened when she was young about from a lot of different people in a lot of different environments and a sp- experience she had, just like you, where people were watching and it was really scary and recognizing and, and cognitively working on shifting the story in her mind of what it means to have those things happen. So we all have stories that we create about our experiences, right? So mm-hmm. um, for me, when I was in eighth grade, I had a big bullying thing happen I've talked about before. And a lot of the boys were mean to me, all this stuff that has shaped a story in my head about men Mm -hmm. for the years of my life, right? And how I'm not really worthy unless I look the certain way. They used to make fun of my looks, like all this stuff. And I've worked on kind of shifting the story and why it means that, like what makes me worthy. So that's the real big belief, right? Like you said, having panic attack in public, like automatically you're embarrassed and you think I'm a failure. I did something wrong again. I'm a big failure. I'm, you know, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy because I have anxiety and I have panic attacks all the time. So really, this is very now what I'm I mean, this is very CBT, what I'm talking about, cognitive behavioral, um, which is what I specialize in, which is very impactful for anxiety disorders, very um, beneficial in the treatment. And I've talked about, we have a couple episodes about this too. So look back in our episodes about um, CBT and kind of how to rewire your thoughts and all of that. But the short of it is essentially now that she's very aware of all of these limiting beliefs she has, now we're basically going to break them apart a little bit and we're going to work on rewriting her story and talking to herself differently and recognizing like what I advised her to do this week is to um, keep track of her thoughts, like keep a thought log and then also write down any moments where she feels embarrassed because the feeling of embarrassment in her mind is connected to I, f- I am dumb. I am stupid. So I feel embarrassed because I am dumb. Like that's the limiting thought in her mind is I am dumb. I am stupid. So it's about rewiring that and, and, um, reframing those thoughts which is kind of classic classic cbt um but it really just starts with her having the awareness of it and recognizing that these messages are happening and also talking to herself in a way that's very coming from a compassionate place and a nurturing place so a very effective way to do that if you're listening um is to if you're working with a therapist even better but if you want to try this on your own is to 
during those moments that you're aware that you're thinking, I'm so stupid. Oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. Like say that's just your limiting belief. Ask yourself what you would say to someone that you love, or if you have a child, what you would tell your child at that moment, if they feel embarrassed or they feel scared or they feel sad and think about how you would talk to someone you love. And you need to say those things to yourself like that. Mm -hmm. I relate to all that. Honestly, I feel the exact same way. And I feel like if we were to talk, if we were to pull like five people listening to this podcast, who feel that way, they or who have the feeling of having an embar- having a panic attack in, a pub- in public is embarrassing, mm-hmm. their core belief is something along these lines. And I think it gets down to this point of like recognizing this, accepting this, and then like you said, doing the work of this doesn't mean I'm a failure. This doesn't mean I'm not good enough. This doesn't mean X, Y, Z. All these beliefs that that feeling is attacking Mm-hmm. So the, that embarrassment in public over a panic attack is attacking that inner child in eighth grade who got bullied and made fun of. The All those thoughts are coming true, right? Is the belief. And so I think it's so important to, like you said, today was a breakthrough, a breakthrough moment with that lady. And I think it's true. I think that everybody listening to this should sit down and really think hard. Because I think if you really, really think hard, three three memories can come to your head. Like you said, that 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 boy in eighth grade, he forever lives there. Oh and he God. might he might forever live there, but you can yeah. work against that boy. And you can probably find him on Facebook and his life sucks now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but- <laughs> oh, believe me. Let me tell you something funny actually that happened. This gave me a little bit of um, satisfaction in my 20s before I really did all this work. And I thought that that's what would make me feel like uh, yeah, I you know, yeah. got vindicated from this. Um, a bunch of them that used to make fun of me and like my looks and all this stuff in mm-hmm. eighth grade. Um basically were hitting on me in my 20s. Like mm. all of them thought I was, yes, or wanting go. to like talk to me and, you know, not date me, but whatever. They were like, hey, like they come up to me at a bar and stuff. And a um, win's a win. And I was like, <laughs> um, of course, hello. But at the same time, obviously that was, you know, not, right. that wasn't anything. Even that wouldn't make me feel better back then. No, but, that that still lives there. That thought's now, still there. Well, yes. So that memory is still there mm-hmm. because dun, 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 it was traumatic for me. Yep. Yep. And so that's what happens with trauma, mm-hmm. right? Trauma sticks in your brain. I mean, I'm not remembering. I, I can think back really like if I really think about it, you know, that time at my aunt and uncle's house in the pool with my dad, I had so much fun that day. And I remember a video, seeing a video about it. And I think that's where the memory comes from. But I know mm-hmm. I was so happy that day. But what really sticks in my mind is that day, is that moment of when that really bad bullying thing happened to me. Oh, my God. That's forever imprinted in there, you know, because yeah. that's what happens with the brain, with trauma. Um, but just like you said, with the work and recognizing that even though the memory's there, it doesn't mean that I have to sit and be scared and feel worthless all the time just because that did happen to me. That's not my story anymore. Right. I love that. I think that once you break things down and you really look at the bigger picture, it's these three beliefs that are controlling a lot of how you're feeling. And when you really look at the beliefs and the things that happened, they're so small, but they were so big to you. 
Oh, yeah. And once you really understand that having anxiety, like truly understand that having anxiety and experiencing panic attacks is so far from embarrassing and so far from a personal failure, big changes come. I believe that. I believe that one, I think you would be so shocked to know the people around you, like say a group of six friends, how many of them have had a panic attack. I think you'd be so shocked. It's just one of those things that it's going to take a couple more years. I mean, we're already getting there where surprisingly some people that you would never guess would have mental health issues are talking about it, Yeah, but it's going to take a couple more years. But I think that once you just allow yourself to be you, like a lot of people I meet and that I'm friends with, I'll say like, yeah, I, I had a really hard time with anxiety in the past. And just even saying that opens up conversations with some people that they're like, thank you so much for saying that. Like I relate. And though I don't have panic attacks anymore, just even bringing that conversation to the surface. And sometimes I just like blurt it out because I don't want people to feel alone. But yeah. just even bringing it up with people I meet, it it causes, it helps people realize they're not alone. And I think that that's where a lot of this will end with the embarrassment and yeah. Anything you want to? Yeah. And can I just mention that I think that there is always room to learn and to change at any age. Yeah. Like any age. I know, you know, with, with the millennial and then Gen Z and younger generations, they are very woke, right? In the sense of, I'm just talking about mental illness right now, but they, there is a lot of education now. And it's amazing that, that we're able to have education on so many different platforms of how to learn about this. Like, I always think I wish I had this when I was younger, just to feel less alone with what I was going through and understand more about mental health. And because no one was really teaching me about it. I mean, so I love that. But I will say with the older generations, like my aunt and uncle and some um, older men and women that I work with, they, you know, they're they're even from older generations that really didn't learn about this, but they're teaching themselves now, too. And it's so amazing to see that, you know, my relatives that are in their 60s and 70s and 80s are buying my book, The Anxiety Healer's Guide. Go go buy it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. But they're, you know, they're buying my book. And and even, you know, people that are DMing me have have bought my book and are saying, I've learned so much from this. I you know, I, I didn't even know it was possible to to shift this way of thinking and um and to, to work on all of these things and to talk about it. And, and that's what's really just so incredible to me is, is people, you know, the older generations and they're like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s that are really being open to talking about mental health now too and anxiety and, and acknowledging that they actually did struggle with it. I mean, I come from an Italian Catholic family, a huge Italian Catholic family. No one talked about anything about feelings. Everything was like, you're fine. Don't worry. Or grab a glass of wine. Okay. No. You know, and I think it's just incredible to have people be able to be at any age and and just talk talk more about this. So good for you guys. And good for you, Allison. And good for you, Taylor. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah. anyone who's listening to this episode, I hope you leave and do some self-discovery. Just putting the connecting the dots is really big. Connecting the dots 100% and also finding a support system that you feel yes. safe with. Um, even if it's, I'm even going to say this, but even if it's someone that you don't know personally right now, I mean, I know there's so many people that I've connected to on Instagram and um, on other platforms that, you know, they don't really have a safe space in their home right now to talk about things openly, but there's a great community. I mean, the the community on my Instagram page, the subscribers that have subscribed to my page, we have a group chat that goes on every day and I talk about different topics. They're so supportive with each other. They've all made friends with each other. And now they have such a support system through this group chat with each other. And we've been just videoing and messaging. It's just so nice. And so being able to just find a community or like a safe space is just going to be really important for this too. But you're not alone and you can always rewrite that story. That's my message. I love that. Anything else today? <sighs> no, nothing else. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Love this episode. Um, always feel free to let us know what kind of topics you guys want to hear. Um, Taylor and I will be back again next week. We have some guests coming up. Next week um, is our Q&A episode. Yes. We haven't done that in a while, guys. Sorry, no, we, we will have Q&As next week. And then um, we'll have some co- great guests coming up. Don't forget to listen to all the past episodes. If you need to get in touch with us, find us on Instagram. Everything in the show notes. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.